today to have a very special guest on our show. Uh, this gentleman and I have been Facebook friends for quite a while, and we have encountered each other in a variety of different situations, but I haven't really ever had the opportunity to talk to him. So welcome, Hal Elrod. Marguerite, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much. So I have to tell you, I've had your book um, at my house for, for quite a while, and yeah. I finally spent the last weekend reading it, and this morning did my very, very first Miracle Morning. And it oh, was no awesome. way. <laughs> I did. It was awesome. That's, that's great. That's cool that, uh, yeah, of all days to do it, I guess today would be a good day since you're having me on the show. But uh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Nothing like procrastinating, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So I would love for you to tell our listeners a bit about your story because it's so um, impactful and really empowering. So I'm going to just be quiet and let me let you tell us your story. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the best best place to start, uh, when I was 19 years old, I gave up my dream job as a radio disc jockey. I was DJing on the radio, and that was the dream for a long time. And uh, a friend of mine was in sales. He sold Cutco kitchen knives. I never, ever. In my wildest dreams, thought I would sell anything, let alone kitchen knives. And uh, <laughs> one thing led to another, and my buddy got me an interview. I, 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 you know, I reluctantly went to the interview, got the job, and it just, I thought, you know what, this is a pretty good opportunity. There's a lot of college students that are actually paying their way through college without student loans, you know, selling these kitchen knives. And uh, they're really high quality, you know, all of that. You, you, in fact, you, you may give them as uh, closing gifts right now. I'm not sure. I do. But I do. I just you do. Them. Nice, so you know. So, um, yeah, now they're, now they're one of the most popular closing gifts for, for real estate agents. Uh, uh, but anyway, back then they were not. They were just kitchen knives for, uh, you know, for consumers. But so anyway, long story short, um, I, I take the job, and something inside of me clicks on the second day of training when I hear about the company record, like the most anyone's ever sold in their first 10 days selling Cutco was $12,000. And I don't know what it was, Marguerite, but – my whole life, I was very mediocre. I was very average. I didn't get great grades. I didn't. I wasn't a, you know, an athlete. I, like my parents had nothing really to be proud of and put on the refrigerator, you know. And uh, anyway, something inside me snapped, and I went, you know what? If this girl could sell twelve thousand dollars in her first ten days, why can't I break that record? And I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I even thought that, but you know, I think it's one of the most important lessons we can learn. Uh, right, that, that, you know, to base who who we are and what we do, not based on our past, but based on our potential. You know, and I think most of us like suffer that. from what I call rear view mirror syndrome, right, where exactly. we constantly live our lives and make our choices. Uh, we approach challenges. We approach opportunities. We approach, you know, the, the alarm clock in the morning based on our rear view mirror of our past. Like, well, what did I do last time the alarm went off? What did I do last time I faced a challenge? What did I, you know, what happened last time I attempted a goal or a dream? And we tend to just get stuck and not really make major improvements. So for me, that that, that moment of, hey, I'm going to go for what's possible, not what's probable, not who I've been in the past. And to keep a long story short, uh, 10 days and 62 sales appointments later, I averaged, I did 62 two-hour sales appointments in my first 10 days, just crazy, morning till night. But wow. I broke the all-time company. 
yeah, it was, it was wild. It was it was like working like sixteen hour days. I mean, literally, I'd work from seven a.m. till midnight. Um, but uh, I I broke the all time company record. I sold fifteen thousand dollars, so you know, significantly broke it. And yeah. and my whole life was changed because I went, wow, you know, there's always a way when we're committed, right? There's always a way if we if we if we commit and give everything we have to something, there's always a way. And Fast forward a year and a half later, I was one of the top comp- reps in the company. I gave speeches at all the conferences, and one night after I gave a speech, I was driving home on the freeway. Now, I was elated. I was euphoric because I had just got my first standing ovation after my speech. So it was like this really uh-huh. cool experience, you know, for me. Because I, I had probably given, I don't know, you know, 30, 40, 50 speeches in the year and a half, and, and I just got the standing ovation. So top of the world, feeling great. And, and how old were last, you? You were, what, 19 or 20? Uh, 20 years old. And oh my. my best friend, Jeremy Caton, who I believe is your closing gift consultant that you're cut from, is. right? Yep, yeah, he yep. introduced us, and he was on your podcast recently. I know. So, we did an awesome podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah, I love Jeremy. Jeremy's one of my best friends. And he and I left the meeting at the same time, and my last memory from that night was I got onto the freeway, and he got stuck at the red light behind me. And I remember thinking, Ha ha, too bad for Jeremy. And little did I know that, you know, he, he got lucky being stuck to the red light. Well, I got on the freeway, cruise control set at 70 miles an hour, driving a brand new Ford Mustang, which, you know, I was earning good money. It was, I was very proud of it. My first new car, I bought it with my own money. And at approximately 11.34 p.m., a drunk driver, a man I had never met before, in a full-size Chevy truck, much larger than my little Ford Mustang. He got on the freeway also, but he was going the wrong way. And he was in my lane. I don't remember seeing the headlights, you know, barreling down the freeway at me, but they were. I don't remember what, what I was – I don't remember what I thought or if I even saw it or what it was, but at around 11.35, 11.36 p.m., the drunk driver crashed into my Ford Mustang at 80 miles an hour, and I was doing 70 miles an hour, so it was really 150 miles – an hour head on impact. And then the worst was yet to come. The front of my car, you know, crumpled. My airbags exploded, probably knocking me unconscious. And then my car spun sideways, vulnerable to the car behind me that was just a few lengths behind me. And all of a sudden, they crashed into my driver's side door, crushing the car, crushing the door, and literally crushing the left side of my body. Um, my, I, I broke 11 bones in an instant. My femur broke in half. I broke my pelvis in three places. Oh, my, my humerus goodness. bone behind my bicep broke in half. I crushed my eye socket. All of the bones were destroyed, eventually to be rebuilt with titanium. Almost lost my ear. It was hanging on. I mean, it was, just, it was very graphic. And um, uh, unable to withstand the pain, thankfully my body and brain, I, I, was, shut, I was in a coma immediately. And a minute later, as I'm laying there on the side of the freeway, my car slowly rolling to a stop, blood dripping down my face, my head, my whole body, Jeremy comes upon the scene and sees me. And at first, he doesn't, he doesn't even recognize the car. He just goes, oh, my God, there's been a horrible accident. And it took him, I think, just you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 seconds, and he said he figured out, oh, my God, that's Hal's car. And he jumped out. You know, you see the windshield shattered, the, the roof's buckled, and, and he sees you know, me through the, through the wind in the moonlight, just bleeding. And he's yelling, Hal, Hal, can you hear me? Are you okay? And of course, if I'm in a coma, he thinks I'm, I must be dead because I'm not responding. And he yeah, checks my terrifying. pulse and I had a pulse. I was alive. And, uh, it ended up being 50 minutes 
before, almost an hour before the, the jaws of life. They cut the car open, they pulled me out, and then I bled to death. And I was dead for approximately six minutes on the side of the freeway. The paramedics didn't give up on me. They revived me. I was sent to the hospital. My parents drove two hours to the hospital, not knowing if I'd be dead or alive when they got there. And I have kids now, so I really believe that my mom and dad have the, the worst of this. But oh, yeah. six six days later, to kind of wrap up this, this, the story, six days later, I came out of the coma. Um, to face the reality that the doctor said I would never walk again and I had permanent brain damage. Three weeks later, I, I decided to, I, I just told the, my parents, you know what, I, if I never walk again, I will accept that and I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. But until I'm proven that that's the outcome, I'm going to put all my energy, all my faith, all my belief into walking again. And two weeks later, three weeks after the crash and two weeks after I came out of the coma, uh, the, the doctors came back and said, we don't know how to explain this, Hal, but we're going to let you walk today. Your body is healing just, you know, at an incredible rate. And I took my first step. Four weeks later, I went home. A week later, I convinced my parents to drive me to sales appointments because there was a sales contest going on. And I ended up taking taking fourth place behind only my best, well, behind three people, but number three was Jeremy, my best buddy. Uh, and he beat me for the contest, you know, and I, I, uh, I, I, I took fourth and, of course, I gave him a bad time. I said, "Whatever, dude. I was I died like two months ago. You know, <laughs> exactly. you should you should have beat me by a lot more than that." But uh, oh, so that, that's, that's the, funny. That's the story. You know, that that's the that's the the gist gist of it. That's insane. I mean, just to think how much you had already accomplished at such a young age, and then to go through all of that is just incredibly powerful. So how did you decide that you wanted to get into, you know, motivational and public speaking and helping others in that way? How did, how did you end up there? The seed was planted in the hospital. My my parents um, were called in by the doctors one day, and I was in my hospital bed. Now, this was only maybe a week out of the coma. I, I mean, I, I wasn't – I still was being told I would never walk again. And my parents were called in, and the doctors sat them down, and they said, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Elrod, we're concerned with Hal. We believe that he is in denial. They said every time we're around him, he's always smiling and laughing and joking, you know, whether it's the, his nurses or the doctors or whoever, he's always smiling, laughing, and joking. And they said that's not normal, you know, not for a 20-year-old that's been told he's never going to walk again. And they said, so we believe that he is uh, he's in denial. He can't accept what's happened to him. So he's basically just kind of in a state of delusion and uh, and it's important that he admits how he's really feeling, that you kind of get to the bottom of it with him, because otherwise he's going to, one day he's going to snap right out there in the real world. Let's get into, to face his, his fear and his anger and his sadness, his depression, whatever he's really hiding and he's feeling deep down. Let's get him to admit that stuff now while he's in a safe, controlled environment. And my parents came in and my dad, or my dad actually came in and he, you know, explained the situation to me and the concerns of the doctor. And he said, how, how are you really feeling, you know, when, I know Jeremy and your other friends are visiting a lot, but how are you feeling when nobody's here to, you know, entertain you or distract you? And he said, are you depressed? Are you sad? Are you angry? And I said, Dad, I thought you knew me better than that. You know, and he got kind of a funny look on his face, you know, not sure where I was going with that. And I said, Dad, I live my life by the five-minute rule. I learned that in my Cutco training. And that simply says it's okay to be negative sometimes but not for more than five minutes. Like after, you know, you, you set your timer for five minutes, you bitch, moan, complain, you know, throw something, whatever you got to do to get the, the frustration or anger out or, you know, the vent, 
and then you focus all your energy on what you can control. And I said, Dad, I can't change that I was in a car accident. Uh, in fact, the doctors might be right. I might not be able to walk again. But whatever the case is, if I can't change it, I've made a decision that there's no point in wishing that I could. There's no point in feeling sorry for myself or being sad or depressed or angry, whatever the doctors think I feel. I said the only intelligent choice that I've learned through the last year and a half of you know, practicing this five-minute rule is that once you acknowledge that you can't change it, you accept it unconditionally, you, you're at peace, and you focus on what you can control. And so that was the time I told my dad, I said, Dad, I always wanted to be a motivational speaker, and I never really had anything to talk about. You and Mom were so good to me. I had such a normal childhood, you know. And I said, <laughs> I never would have asked for this to be the thing, but maybe that's why. I said, you know, I, I always thought about writing a book. I don't know if I'm a good enough writer, but I always want to write a book. You know, maybe if I overcome this and I'm really focused on being as positive and productive as I can, that I will then be able to share with other people how to overcome their challenges. And I probably wasn't that articulate, you know, when I said this, but that was the general idea. And that's where the seed was planted. And it took me six years to write my first book because, again, I, I never considered myself a writer. And I would try, I would hit a wall, and I would get down on myself, and I would give up. Then, you know, a few months later, or a year later, I would try again. And then finally, after almost six years, I, I hired a coach. And now that I have the accountability and the guidance within, you know, I think it was, it was basically one year, I was able to write the entire book, publish it, and become a number one bestseller on Amazon. And that was my first book, which is Taking Life Head-On, How to Love the Life You Have While You Create the Life of Your Dreams. So, so that, that's where that all kind of began. Wow. And so over the weekend, as I mentioned, I spent some time and read Miracle Morning. And, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in my life, I've read, I can't even tell you how many self-help books, motivation books. I've read all of that. But it was so um, powerful because I never thought of taking all six of those lifesavers, as you call them, and I'll let you explain those in a moment, Sure. and doing them at one time. It was like That was like brilliant. So I was like, I've heard all of these different things, but to really consolidate them and you know, just to backtrack too for a quick moment. So I have two yeah. boys that are 18 and 19 right now. Okay. And so as you're telling that whole story, all I could think about is my kids. And I know I had a lengthy conversation with my youngest son last night and where I think he's probably in that place where he's a little lost and confused and, you know, doesn't doesn't know what he wants to do with his life, which I think is pretty common for for 18-year-olds. I don't I, that's what I remember. Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> and so when I was going through your book, I was thinking, how can I get that boy to read your book, you know, and go through and learn Bribe him. That's the short answer. Bribe him. <laughs> bribe him? Okay, yeah, that's bribe the short him. Answer. I'll give that's you a good, yeah, that's say, a good idea. I'll give you $10 to read it and I'll give you $20 to, you know, write the uh, uh you know, book report on it on the major major takeaways. And then uh, and then and then if you want to uh, let me just, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if you want to go even further, um, I just spoke at a real estate event uh, a couple weeks ago in Dallas, and uh, a guy came up to me and said that uh, his 14-year-old daughter, he made a deal with her. He believes so much in the Miracle Morning and how it's changed his life. He made a deal with her that if she does the Miracle Morning five days a week for uh, between now and her 16th birthday, so basically the next year and a half, he will buy her a car. So wow. that's a pretty big 
big reward, but um, you know, yeah, I think I, I bet think it'll that, long be worth it. Like, I was thinking, I don't think I can get away with ten bucks with my eighteen-year-old. <laughs> I'll have to come up Dang. with something really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So explain it out a little bit, and of course, we want people to get the book, and you can get it super easy at Amazon or go to MiracleMorningRight.com. Uh, MiracleMorningBook.com actually takes you to right to Amazon. Now, Amazon's the best place to buy it. You can get it on Kindle or you know paperback. Um, yeah. The yeah the premise of the Miracle Morning is uh, it, it's basically there. Oh, I say there's three parts to the book. There's three parts to the book, and without any of the three parts, like they all rely on each other. Um, the first part of the book really uh, enlightens people to the importance of having a morning success ritual. We've all been told, you know, yeah, waking up early is a good thing. We've been told, you know, we know that, yeah, there's there's a lot of successful people that wake up early, that are early risers, et cetera. But I, I don't think anyone, you know, or, or for most of us, we never really have been enlightened to the idea that, that your morning success ritual isn't just something that you could either do or not do. It literally is the linchpin to your quality of life. It literally is the single most important thing that we can improve to improve any or every single area of our lives. And I know, um, A, that's a big promise to make. B, I'm obviously biased. I wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. But I'll tell you, um, one of my mentors, and he's not like a direct mentor, as in he probably wouldn't even know who I am, but someone that I, you know, I, I read his books, I've, I, I've, you know, done his video programs, his, you know, et cetera, et cetera, gone to his events. His name is Evan Pagan. Are you familiar with oh, Evan Pagan, Marguerite? You okay. know, funny story. I knew Evan. Yeah. He was like a, a roadie, isn't the right word, but I was involved with Joe Stump with Buyer for Lonely for many years. And Evan oh, no started out doing some stuff with Evan way back in the day. So, yes, I've known Evan for a long time. That, He's a great guy. That is really cool. So, yeah, so for those that don't know Evan, just very quickly, um, he is a, a solopreneur, as in he doesn't have any employees. I mean, maybe an assistant, but he works basically by himself. And he has like $25 million in revenue a year. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. Well, Tony Robbins interviewed him a couple of years ago. And this is my, probably my favorite interview I've ever done for anyone. I, I have it in my car on CD. I listen to it over and over and over again. And it was in like a 90-minute interview. And, and Evan Pagan is just friggin' brilliant. He gives so many business strategies and marketing strategies and all this stuff. And at the end of the interview, Tony Robbins said, Evan, you've given us so much. Um, if you had to break it down and narrow it down to one, the most important thing that anyone listening could do, it could be you know, out of everything you've taught us or maybe something you haven't taught us, the single most important thing that someone on this interview could listen to the interview could do to improve their business or improve their life, what would it be? And Evan really didn't hesitate. He said, create a morning success ritual. He said the single most important thing you could do to improve your business or your life is to create a morning success ritual because he said it's the only thing that sets the context and your mindset for the rest of your day. And so if you want to have an extraordinary life, that comes by stringing together extraordinary days, right? A successful life, stringing together successful days. And he said, your morning, how you start the morning sets the tone and the direction for the rest of your day. So in other words, if we do what most people do, which is we hit the snooze button a few times, first of all, we're telling our subconscious mind that I don't even have the discipline to get my butt out of bed in the morning, let alone do the things that are necessary to create the life I want. It's literally starting the day with procrastination, right? You think about that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
In fact, one of my favorite stand-up comedians, Demetrius Martin, he has a great joke about this, but it's really true. He says, hitting the snooze button in the morning doesn't even make sense. He said, it's like you're saying, I hate waking up in the morning, so I do it over and over and over again, right? <laughs> and so, um, so, so on the other hand, so if you, like most people, you have an unfocused, unproductive, undisciplined morning, well, you're setting yourself up to have that kind of day and that kind of life. But if you wake up in the morning, first time the alarm goes off, you are showing the world, you're showing yourself in the universe that you're serious, that you're committed, that you have the discipline to get up and, 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 and do something, you know, with your life. And then by doing personal development in the morning, and we're going to get here to the New York morning in a second, the Lifesavers, but by focusing every morning on your personal development so that you can become a better version of who you were when you went to bed the night before, before a better version of who you were when the alarm went off, think about that. Incrementally, every day by getting 1% better, you are, you're making it inevitable that your life is going to get better and better and better and better and better. But if you just wake up in the morning, check Facebook, check email, go to work, et cetera, right, you're not doing anything to ensure that you're getting better every single day. So the first part of the Miracle Morning is really making a compelling case and giving evidence that, that creating a morning success ritual isn't just something, it's literally the one thing that can change everything for you. The second part is, teaching you what to do. Okay, now you're up. Okay, what do you do to create maximum results and, and really accelerate your personal development to accelerate your success? And you kind of alluded to it earlier, Marguerite, which is I call it the lifesavers. And it was basically the six most proven personal development practices in history. In other words, none of them are new. In fact, I almost dismissed them and didn't do this whole thing because I thought I've already heard of all of these, you know? And then I realized, wait a minute, I don't do any of these consistently, and every single one of them is a game changer. So then I thought, well, which one or two should I do in the morning? And then after going back and forth for about a half an hour, reading online, trying to, you know, be sold on which of these is better than the other five, I, it just hit me. I go, wait a minute, what if I did all six? And let me just, so I'm not trying to keep this a mystery, let me just read these off for you guys. So the SAVERS, the lifesavers, SAVERS is an acronym. The S is for silence. So you're starting your day with meditation or prayer. If you don't think meditation is valuable, Google Fortune 500 CEOs that meditate. Read about them with some of the most successful CEOs in the world and how they swear by meditation. Check out how Oprah Winfrey, she invested exactly. hundreds of thousands of dollars to tra have the, the company Transcendental Meditation train her entire staff. Go check out Russell Simmons' book, Success Through Stillness. One of the most successful men in America says meditation is the single most important thing you can do to improve your life personally or professionally. So silence is the first one. A is for affirmation. V is for visualization. E is for exercise. R is for reading. S is for scribing, which is basically a fancy word for writing or journaling, etc. So when you realize that every single one of these is a game changer in and of themselves, I have the idea, what if I did all of them and didn't just pick and choose <laughs> one or two? And did you get anything you wanted to comment on that before I share the third you know, part of what the book does? I, I think I just wanted to say, like I said a little bit earlier, is that I, I too have read all those different options, and I always get uh, a little bit overwhelmed with each one of them, right? Well, oh, I can't imagine meditating for an hour or 
all these different things. And so to me, the most powerful part of it was, I mean, you do, a, 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 I think, a six-minute one, which I thought wasn't enough for me. But just yeah. consolidating it into an hour and just doing 10 minutes of each and just set this little timer. Like this morning, I found a 10-minute meditation. So I did that. And nice. It, it was just awesome to – I just felt so accomplished when I did it, yeah. first of all. And it was yeah. only one hour, and it and it I I got up not much. Or, well, the good thing was we had the time changes, right? So, <laughs> nice, yeah. So, there you go. So I had that extra hour to fill it in this morning. So I just I I just I'm fifty, going to be fifty one years old, and I've you know a lot older than you, and I've read <laughs> a lot of this stuff, and it just was amazing to me that it could be so simple. And after all the stuff I've read, so that's all I have to say cool. about it. I appreciate that, and I think that's, that's if anything that you know, I, like I always felt like I was never really a good writer, and and I think that but people love like my first book has no negative reviews. There's not a three star review, not a two star review, not a one star review. But what everybody said, in fact, I'll just share my favorite review, and I'll, I'll, I haven't read it in a while, so I'll, I'll paraphrase. She said, "This write, how did she put it? Something like first, let me just say by, uh, let me just say that the writing in this book is." amateurish, borderline horrendous. But it was a five-star <laughs> review. It's some, and I'm, I, I might be saying the wrong words, but something like that's where I'm like, where is she going? How is this? Where is she going? This sounds pretty bad. She goes, but you'll notice I gave the book five stars because it was the most down-to-earth writing, you know, that I've ever read. So the point is, I, I, I just try to simplify things for people. Like for me, I'm not a complex guy. I like to make things as easy as possible. I like to hack my habits and hack, you know, the things that I do. And I've done that ever since I was a salesperson where I just realized that, you know, I, I created this really simple daily, like, sales phoning checklist that made it really easy. It removed the emotion where if someone hung up on me or said no, it didn't affect me because I played a little game with it, and all of a sudden I became the top sales rep, but my job was low stress because I wasn't playing the emotional roller coaster that other people played. So the point is, with, the, with these six practices, I give you a really simple way to do them. And last but not least, though, I mentioned there's three parts. The first part is the compelling case where you go, wow, having a morning success ritual or improving the one I have could be the most important thing I can do to improve my life. The second part is, okay, what do I do when I wake up and you're going to get these six practices in a very simple, scalable routine? And then the most, arguably the most important part, it, well, and this is if you're not a morning person. Now, if you're already a morning person, you're, you're, you're part of, you know, statistically you're, less than 30% of the population. Um, so if you're not a morning person, this is the most important part, and it's the shortest chapter in the book, Marguerite, and you may remember, right, the five steps newsproof wake-up strategy. And <laughs> the reason this is so important because the majority of our society hit this news button. They don't consider themselves morning people. It's hard for them to get out of bed. And if I didn't put that little chapter in with those five simple, simple steps that show you how to make waking up in the morning easy, even if you're not a morning. Basically, it's like, how do you become a morning person overnight? That's kind of what it is. But if I didn't have those, people would have gotten the first two parts. They'd be like, wow, I am convinced a morning success ritual, this whole miracle morning is going to change my life. Then they would have the, the life saver. they go, okay, I, I know what to do when I wake up in the morning. But if they didn't have the five-step snooze-proof wake-up strategy, I really believe this book would be a colossal failure. I believe that you know, it would be people saying, I tried it for a few days, I did good. As soon as the infatuation wore off and, you know, I started to, like, get, you know, just complacent, 
I fell back in my older team, couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, I think that the part that was impactful for me was the nighttime affirmations. <laughs> yeah, nighttime yeah, yeah. No, those are a game because changer. Because that set me yeah. up for the morning because – it just, you know, a lot of times you're going to bed, you're like, oh, I'm not going to want to get up in the morning. Like you convince yourself before you even go to sleep that it's going to be awful to get up. And so in reading yeah. those last night, it was just, I, w- I woke right up this morning. I woke oh, right yeah, up no, and I was ready. You're absolutely right. And for people listening, um, that's another example of me trying to make it really easy is I, I wrap one of the steps in the five-step news for wake-up strategy is to set your intentions before bed. That's a very um, kind of esoteric, like kind of, you know, it's not a very concrete, like, well, how, what does that mean? How do you do it? So I literally wrote out these affirmations word for word that you stay before bed, and here's why. The first thought that we have in the morning, and everyone can, you, you'll relate to this when you hear this, the first thought we have in the morning is almost always the last thought before we went to bed. Like if you, if it's your birthday, you know, and you go to bed excited, you can't wait to wake up for your birthday. Well, as soon as your eyes open next morning, you're like, oh, it's my birthday, right? And you've got a <laughs> vacation that you're going on. You've got to catch an early flight, right? You're excited for the vacation. As soon as your eyes open, you oh, it's a vacation. But most people, what they don't realize is that we can recreate that experience of waking up excited every single day of our lives if we consciously create that. And that's what the bedtime affirmations that you can get in the book we're designed to do, right? So, and the best example I give is when I was a kid on Christmas morning, you know, or Christmas Eve. It, I was so excited when I went to bed on Christmas Eve, I could barely sleep. My quality of sleep was horrible because I kept waking up thinking, is it, is it morning yet? Is it morning yet? Is it morning yet? <laughs> right? But then when it finally was morning, I was energized and excited to wake up, and I realized that we can recreate that experience every single day. Yeah. it's. I, I just think... I'm really excited about, you know, being able to continue to do this. And so it's my birthday month. I turn – my birthday is November 27th. And Happy so early I've birthday. Commi- <laughs> I thank you. I've committed to doing this every single day um, up to my birthday at least. I'm sure I'll continue it on. But uh, right now I'm focusing on just getting to my birthday. <laughs> I'm excited for you. And now quick question, Marguerite. Are you um, – have you seen or plugged into the, the Miracle Morning community on Facebook yet? Yeah, I went in there um, a couple oh, okay. days ago, so I've been plugging in there and kind of watching and posted a couple things, and I think oh, cool. it's a fantastic support group to help keep you accountable, so I like Yeah, and I lot. never imagined, it was a, it was an 11th hour thing, a friend of mine suggested that, like, at the last minute right before the book was about to go to print, and I put it in there, and I mean, I think, I think there's like 7,700 people in there now, 7,000 people, I mean, from all over the world, yeah, and it's I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've never seen such a positive and interactive and supportive community online, you know, anywhere. I mean, it's been really, really, really inspiring for me to kind of see this thing grow bigger than me. It's just, it's, you know, I created it, but uh, for me, I've, I've stepped back and I'm observing it and just, just spreading it as much as I can. But it's really kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah, I think that it's awesome. And, and it definitely, it's great to reconnect with people and you know, just get other people out there that will support you and help keep you going. I think that's what what most people need. I know I do for sure. Yeah, you know, we we all do. We all. I mean, nobody succeeds uh, alone, or at least they don't. They don't ever. Nobody fulfills their potential and reaches the level of success that they could by themselves, as if they you know tied into a you know a network of like-minded people. You know, one of my favorite sayings is the most successful people on the planet ask for help. 
They always mm, That's good. I like that. That's yeah. really good. So I noticed when I was kind of digging around through all your stuff, too, that you recently wrote a book for the real estate industry. Yes. Um, it, yeah, what happened was uh, a friend of mine who is very well connected in the real estate industry, he uh, became just a huge – the Miracle Morning changed his life. He became a huge fan of the Miracle Morning, and he called me and said, I want to order 100 copies to give out to you know my real estate clients. And I said, okay, great. And, uh, you know, he gave them away, and then he said, he called me a month later and said, Hal, I gave them all away. People are call, raving about this, you know, the Miracle Morning. They're, they're, you know, he goes, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but he said, I, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised that, that it's resonated so well with them. And uh, he ordered another 100 copies, and he gave them out to, like, I mean, Gary Keller, the CEO of Keller Williams, you know, Jay Papathon, the co-author with Gary Keller of The One Thing, um, you know, so a lot of the top agents in the, in, in the country. And um, so I never, never in my wildest dreams that even real estate agents crossed my mind as being someone I would be trying to market the book to. I mean, it, you know, not that it was, I mean, it's universal, so it's not that I wouldn't take them out of the equation. But because of, he, he single-handedly, I think, started this, this movement within the real estate community. And now it is the single of the entire population, the real, real estate agents, uh, and really, and loan officers, but mainly real estate agents are the number one segment of the population that do the Miracle Morning, that share it, that buy it for their team, their colleagues, their clients, et cetera. So it was just a natural evolution that we, the Miracle Morning for real estate agents came about. And I reached out to a, a good friend of mine who wrote one of the best-selling real estate books of all time, Seven Levels of Communication, um, and that's Michael Mayer. Have you read that book, by the way? Yeah, I, yes, I have read his book. He's got a great yeah. book, too. It's been a few so years since to, I've read it, so I'm going to have to go reread it again. It's a good reread for sure. So I, I reached out uh, to Michael and I said, "Hey, Michael, I know you're busy. I know you got a million things going on, but would you be interested in, in co-authoring the Miracle Morning for real estate agents with me?" And I mean, talk about meant to be. He goes, "Hal," he he just started laughing, and I go, "What's so funny?" He said, "Hal, this can't be a coincidence." He goes, "I'm not I'm not joking." Yesterday afternoon, out of the blue, I just looked at my wife Sherry and I said, "Sweetheart, I I want to do." Something with Hal Elrod. I don't know what it is, but I want to do a project with him or a, a, a speaking event, something. He goes, so it can't be a coincidence that you're calling me today with this, you know, with this opportunity. So, <laughs> I mean, just talk about amazing. And so, so uh, anyway, long story short, it took about a week of him going back and forth and asking all these questions, but he, he signed up for it. And then, and then a few days later, I got, uh, I got uh, uh, somebody introduced me to Michael Reese and Jay Kender. Are you familiar with them? They're the founders yes. of the, the National Association yes. for Expert Advisors. So yes, somebody sets up a call between me and Michael Reese. And if you don't know Michael Reese and Jay Kinder, they're, you know, they were two of the top agents in the country. I think they still are, but now they run uh, the National Association for Expert Advisors. Um, and uh, and they, uh, they've they written a couple books for real estate and they put on an event for real estate realtors. But um, the uh, so, so I get a call with them and Michael Reese says, how? I love the Miracle Morning. I've given it to all of my employees. I've given it to all of my mastermind members. I've given it to everyone I know. He said it's changed my life. And uh, he said, I think you should do a book for real estate agents. And I said, Michael, I, I actually am. And I told him what was going on. And he goes, what do I have to do to be part of that book, Hal? I believe so much in this. I, I just I, 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 I want to be involved in any way that I can. And um, so – Long, I didn't even, I just met Michael, I didn't know who he was, I called Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer said, Hal, oh yes, Michael Reese is amazing, you know, him and Jay are incredible, I, 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 I respect them, and so long story short, I feel so fortunate, Marguerite, that 
Uh, me, Michael Mayer, uh, Jay Kinder, and Michael Reese uh, have co-authored the Miracle Morning Real Estate Agents. Now, for everyone listening, trying to find it, um, right now it is, uh, it's not actually being released until December, December 12th, 12-12 this year. However, you can pre-order the Kindle version right now. If you go to Amazon and you search Miracle Morning Real Estate Agents, uh, you, you can absolutely uh, pre-order the Kindle version. And uh, the paperback will be available, and the Kindle will, you know, be delivered to you uh, on December 12th. So that's very exciting. So what – can you give us a little hint as to what is different about it yeah. in your, your morning book? That's a great question, and I'll, I'll give – yeah, this answer won't be as long as my other ones. I'm, I'm not long-winded. But uh, the <laughs> – uh, the, so, so, yeah, actually, maybe it will be. So, no, it won't. But Michael Mayer, when I presented it to him a few days into it, he go. He called me. He goes, Hal, I have an idea. What if? And if you, re- by the way, if you've read Seven Levels of Communication, it is a parable, right? It's a fictional story where you're totally into the story, but it's just got these all these amazing, you know, lessons and this and that, you know, embedded in the story. So Michael Mayer said, What do you think if we make this a parable? What do you think if we actually take the characters from Seven Levels of Communication and we, uh, we, we, you know, we, we, we. Fast forward in their lives a couple years later, they're they're married, they, they're pregnant, you know, and they've kind of hit a rock bottom, and uh, you know they're struggling with a lot of things that real estate agents struggle with, and uh, and then all of a sudden they discover the miracle morning, and he said, you know, you you told them what it was in the in the in the in your book, he said, let's show them what it is now, and uh, and he said also we'll make it different enough where you know because he he was trying to think of what you know win win for me he goes we'll make it different enough where people kind of still you know really could need to read both books to get the whole thing because he said we're not going to go quite as in-depth as, as the Miracle Morning will. So I, it was so – I had never thought of that, you know, doing that approach. And so I said, you know, let me sleep on it. And uh, actually, this is funny. I, I, I've never told this before. I said, um, let me sleep on it. And I reached out to Michael Reese, and he said, I don't know, Hal. Your stories were really got me. I don't know about a fictional story. I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. And then I, I reached out to – my uh, my business partner Honoré. I said, Honoré, what do you think about this? She goes, Ah, I, I don't know. You know, I think he's tra- Michael Mayer trying to change it maybe a little too much. I, I'm I'm not so sure. So the next morning, I wake up to email Michael Mayer and say, Yeah, I just don't think it's going to work. And uh, I open my inbox, and there's an email from Michael Mayer with a Microsoft Word document attached to it. And he said, Hal, I couldn't sleep last night. I was so excited about this idea. I wrote the first six pages of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell him no now that I don't want to do this? This is, oh no, gosh dang it. And so I'm just like, I'm freaking out, and I just, I open up the document and I start reading, and six pages into it, I go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I forwarded it to Michael Reese, I forwarded it to Honore, and I, I, I said, hey, can you read this today and get back to me and, and tell maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think this is a winner. It's amazing. And they both agreed. They said, this is amazing. Let's do it. So, so that's it. It's, I mean, it's a totally different book. Um, and, and, and that really helps us solve the problem. How do we make this different? Uh, how do we make it specific to realtors? But how do we keep the essence of the Miracle Morning without making it a duplicate book? So you could actually read both and get extraordinary value from both. And the other neat thing about this was, because this is a new book, well, the original book came out two year, almost two years ago. So when I, when I, when the parts that we did take from the original book and embed them in the story, I updated them because I've developed, you know, my my understanding of 
every single one of the Miracle Morning practices, the lifesavers, it, it's much more advanced than it was in the beginning. So I, there's all sorts of new material that wasn't in the original book that's now in this book based on the stuff I've learned in the last few years, uh, you know, related to the Miracle Morning. Well, I have to tell you, I already pre-ordered mine, so awesome, uh, awesome. I can't, I can't wait for it to come. And yes, I'm a big fan of Michael Maher, and as well as Jay Kinder and and Michael Reese are all great guys. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be another huge top seller for you guys. Yeah, I mean, could I have found three better people to partner with on this? Like, I just, I feel so, so humbled and grateful, and then just blessed to, that, that it all worked out that way. No, but um, hopefully the next one you write, I could be a part of. So <laughs> yeah, let's let's, let's revisit I'm, that. I'm looking forward to it. So, well, you know what? I'm super honored to have had you on the call today. You are just full of life and energy and excitement, and um, it's just it's inspiring to not only be around you, but definitely get this time to talk to you. Margaret, well, thank you for having me. I I really really appreciate this, and um, you brought up the best of me. Oh. There's that, that says a lot about you, for sure. Um, Thank you. I, I, and we'll have all of your – oh, I'm sorry. We'll have all your information on our website, too, but go ahead. I did just have – I just realized – I actually realized this earlier when you told me your birthday was November 27th. Did you, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see that my, I'm putting on my first ever live two-day event uh, in December, December 6th and 7th? Oh, thank you for reminding me because yes, I did see that coming up the when the first of first week of December. The first weekend in December, yeah, yeah. And go to, if you go to bestyeareverlive.com, we're it's probably going to sell out this week. We're um uh we're doing like our final push. But uh, Margaret, I would love for you to be there. I mean, I would absolutely love for you to be there. And the, yeah, go to best yeah go check it out bestyeareverlive.com. And of course, if anyone's listening, you know, and, and there's still tickets available, which hopefully there will be. I'm going to try to open up spot for the end uh we're kind of holding a, a last minute block but anyway best you ever live.com um but marguerite I, yeah it's uh, without taking a lot of time it is going to be unlike any event that you or i have ever been to and the the, the, the most simplest shortest way i can say that is 90 most events 95 percent or or every all 100 percent is speakers teaching and us taking tens of you know pages and pages of notes this is going to be 30 percent speaking, and 70% experiential learning, where every single thing that I teach you, it's been supported by an experiential, transformational lesson, I mean, I'm sorry, a transformational experience where you actually do something interactive, engaging, just dynamic, that where you do the thing that you just learned, and you might do it for three, four, or five times as long as you learned it. It's really going to be this yeah it's just going to be unlike any any event that that we've ever been to and um I, i'm so excited for it it sounds like it and it's in san diego so i'm going to see what i can do to clear my calendar and get down there i think it'd be super exciting it and jeremy like will be there going to the website and who jeremy will be there michael reese oh, will be speaking you. there um yeah yeah and i think michael mayer is going to be there all the co-authors are going to try to get out there uh, as well but uh, yeah and, and 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 for anyone that's like in uh, around the country it, the average temperature I looked it up in San Diego the first weekend in December is 72 degrees. And, like, the rest of the country, you know, it's, like, <laughs> below freezing or whatever. So it's, like, there's nowhere you'd rather be that weekend than, uh, than San Diego. Uh, I agree. Well, let me see what I can do to clear my calendar because I'd love to spend a few days down there. So. Awesome, well, Marguerite. Sure well, thank you so much. Best ever. Let's see. Best, best year ever. Best year ever live. That, yeah. 
Actually, yeah, you okay. can go to Best Year Live, Best Year Ever Live, or bestyeareverblueprint.com. All of those go to the same place. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, definitely check that out. We'll have links to all of his stuff on our website at marguerite.chrisfellow.com. And again, Hal, it's been such an honor, and and you're just such a great guy, full of life Aww. and energy. I love it. So Thanks, thank you Marguerite. for taking the time to be with us today. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and thank you for having me, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, take care. Bye-bye.